Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning to you out there, my listening audience. I'm coming to you live this morning And I'm so happy to be talking with you on this beautiful sunny morning here. I am Teresa E. Keyes, your host for Put It All on the Table through Mediation here on TheGreatTalkZone.com. Listen, I am doing just great. And I know you all out there are doing great as well. Speaking of beautiful mornings, we here in Arizona have been having some inclement weather as a result of, I'm sure, although I, I am not a meteorologist, just highly speculating from the weather reports that I hear daily and also thinking that we are all connected and what affects one actually affects us all. Now, what I mean by that is if weather is bad with strong winds in Oklahoma or as far away as our eastern coast, for example, we are going to feel the effects of what weather pattern they're having on some level. I, and, you know, and I spoke to this um, this very topic before that I am noticing here in Arizona that we are experiencing more and more cloudy days. Now, cloudy days to me, yuck. I love the sun and I want to see it shining every day. Hence, this is why we are called the Valley of the Sun, because The overwhelming number of days in the valley are sunny, but I do know, telling you, as of late, we have been seeing thick opposing clouds. You know what I mean? Just hanging low, kind of scary. Well, let's get a couple of things said here first, okay? I'm very happy to be talking to you once again. I had an encore presentation two weeks ago, and uh, because I was busy, had to take care of some things. Uh, nevertheless, I hope that you uh, tuned in. And also, I'm so happy that you're tuning in today because I do love talking to you um, about the great benefits contained within the mediation process. All right. Now, as I said, let's get a couple of things said here. Father's Day is coming up next Sunday, guys, the 21st of June. Can you believe it? This we are in half the year already. So. Since I will not be airing again for two weeks from today, let me do a shout out right now to all my listeners who are dads and granddads. Happy Father's Day to you. And I hope your day is filled with lots of fun with your family. And I hope you get great gifts and relaxation and do whatever it is you want. That is your day. So you should enjoy it. Now, hold on. I also have a special happy Father's Day shout out to my engineer, Dave. I really appreciate all of your assistance for helping me with broadcasting to my listeners because, you know, I would I could not do it without you. And I hope your day is a special one. Okay, let's talk about a a news item um, here that's that's pretty popular now. And it's about the prison break in New York. It's all on the headlines. On the news, well, 
listen, guys, I have to say uh, Shawshank Redemption, the movie. I am certain a number of you have seen or heard about the movie. It stars Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. It's, it's, it's been it's, it's been a while when the movie um, uh, came out. But my point is, is that Tim Robbins character escaped from prison in the movie and his escape was very similar to the two guys that escaped from the New York prison this week. Um, don't you think, you know, for all of you out there who are familiar with Shawshank Redemption, you know, I'm just saying it could have the idea of how to plan their escape and maybe other movies as well. I'm just talking about Shawshank Redemption right now. But, you know, what I mean, my listeners, the escape from the Clinton prison facility in New York has similarities, you know, with, with, with Shawshank Redemption. And I'm just saying Hollywood, pay attention. That's all. All right. Do any of you out there look at the program America's Got Talent? You know, it's one of the number of the talent shows, you know, the singing shows and whatever. And it's basically a filler for the summer from all of the other mainstream programs. But this is this has become quite a bit of a mainstream program on the mainstream television networks. Well, anyway, the reason that I'm asking you guys about this is because my husband and I were looking at this program a couple of nights ago. And this couple came out on the stage and uh, they wanted to perform. Now, the, the thing about this couple is that it was a young man and a woman, and their talent was dancing. Nothing different, right? Well, here's the kicker, you guys. The woman was 96 years of age, and the man was 26 years of age. And let me tell you guys, she was so spry. O-M-G. The judges just loved them after their performance. And they were so enamored and entertained by them. And particularly the woman, they all voted them through. I too thought it was great. I just, I just thought it was great. I mean, she, she took her partner uh, up under his arm there and she literally skipped off the stage. And, um, Howard Stern, who's one of the judges, um, on this program said, you know, that his parents, um, that he hoped that they're looking at the program and maybe this will, and, you know, uh, give them some enticement to get up off the couch and, um, and, and move. Okay. Now, I felt that this, what I just talked about, the 96, uh, years of age lady, this is a good segue to our topic of discussion today as we are talking about elder care and its issues. And are they being mediated or can they be mediated? And I'm going to be joined by my fabulous and smart brother, Reginald C. Campbell, today to discuss this important topic. I chose this topic this week, listeners, and it is very important. I feel that it is one that needs to be discussed. And as our population is aging quite rapidly and our baby born boomer population is retiring you know, I think I told you that before that I don't like that word retire. You know, it's like, okay, you're done, but they're not done. Okay. Or should I say going on to other areas in their life's journey to accomplish other dreams, other goals and aspirations and 
This number is like four million a year, according to my research. Here is the thing, guys. 65 years of age do not look like the 65 years of age when our parents were coming along at that age and or our grandparents. For those of you who are baby boomers, you know, you, you get what I saying. Can we remember? Uh, here's a chuckle. Can we remember the old program um, where um, um, uh, Ain't B <laughs> was on the program and um, the Andy Griffith show and uh, she was attending to um, Andy and um, and his son. Uh, now, people, you know, we the, the population is, is definitely evolved to the to to uh, the to the to the higher heights, let's say. Now, some of us still have children to raise that we are in this in this age segment or we are helping to raise our children. Children. A lot of us are remarrying, finding the love of our lives, for example. Some of us baby boomers are completing our college degrees and or obtaining another one as they are as they as they are embarking on another career. And as I said, there is a lot of life yet to be lived. As scientists are predicting recently, longer lifespans to 104 years of age. So if you just 65 years say, okay, that's it. What are you going to be doing for the next, you know, 30, 40 years? I mean, come on. Now, I have mentioned to you guys in an earlier program that individuals who are 50 to 60 plus years is the largest segment of individuals who are starting other careers, opening up businesses, they are not sitting down as they are realizing they have a lot of life left just because this part of their life journey is over for working in an everyday corporate arena, let's say. Another leg of their life journey appears and or is planned. Whatever you want it to be, they are getting to it. But what I am now going to talk about are the baby boomers who are unfortunately ending up in a nursing facility or other healthcare facilities for assisted living because of health issues. And again, unfortunately, a huge number of these individuals are not going on to live their dream, as I described earlier. Now, what I want to do right now is that I would like to bring on my guest, my fabulous brother, my therapist brother, Reginald C. Campbell. Good morning, Reginald. Oh, 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 hey, good morning. How's everyone? I, I see we have jokes this morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Oh, yeah, we got Fan- jokes every you know. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I'm happy to have you on um, this morning um, with me as we are discussing this matter because I know that you have dealt um, a lot with uh, assisting individuals um, um uh, that have been, um, you know, harmed in nursing facilities. And uh, because a, a whole other program, uh, brother, would be that nursing facilities and other healthcare facilities are not only limited to individuals who are, you know, in the segment of, of the um, age group that I'm talking about. It's also children um, as, as well and teenagers that can um, end up having to have um uh, this, you know, uh, the, you know, having to live in these facilities. But <clears throat> excuse me. I want to start off, um, brother, by saying that um, 
in my research from 2014 to 2034, about 80 million people are expected to retire. And this wave of retirement is seen as a significant challenge for the Social Security and Medicare systems in the United States. And they say that about 4 million people, as I said earlier, are retiring every year. Okay. Now that is a significant number of our population, uh, regional that is leaving the workforce. And, but you know, as I said before, they are aspiring to do other things in life or maybe some of them just want to relax. But here again, what about those individuals who are leaving the workforce and they become ill and cannot go on to do other aspirations and unfortunately are, you know, resorting to or have to live in nursing homes or other health care facilities as they are in need of assistance. You know what I mean? And so right. and and here's the here, here, here comes the questions. Are their needs being met? If not, how are their grievances or disputes with the facilities that are supposed to be taking care of them being handled? How is this affecting their families when family members are in need of help as they are watching, you know, the decline in health um, that is associated with neglect because of the nursing home or health care uh, facility attendees, you know, can professional mediation um, be a very viable uh, assistance uh, to them in, in their need for their loved one. So now I want you to chime in on that, Reginald, but we're going to take a very quick break. And when you come and when we come back, we're going to discuss this in full. Stay tuned. that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent. This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keyes at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning back with me and my fabulous guest, my therapist, Brother Reginald C. Campbell. And um, before we, we went on break, Brother, um, we were going to jump in conversation about the nursing homes and other health care facilities as they are in need of assistance, you know, um, and, and, you know, we were going to talk about, uh, you know, the families that, um, very frequently come upon where a, a, a assisted living, um, facility is not attending to their loved one. And, uh, professional mediation, um, I feel can be an assistance uh, with these families, brother. Let's hear from you. 
Uh, I agree that, you know, the unfortunate thing is that there aren't a lot of really good healthcare um, uh, facilities, last name, nursing homes um, in, in this country. And that in itself is, is a problem, is a, is a very troubling problem. Um, with, with my experience um, of dealing with uh, people in, in nursing homes, and as you said earlier, it's a, you know, a lot of people think that it's just for uh, our um, uh, uh, seniors, uh, but, but there are uh, people with disabilities, uh, children, you know, people of all ages in these facilities. And uh, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of them are not run very well. And that I've, I've seen a lot of uh, trouble in those facilities and where people um, find out that their loved ones aren't being taken care of or, or there's some kind of financial issue that should have been taken care of and isn't taken care of. Uh, so uh, definitely mediation would be, uh, you know, involved in that um, to come up with some type of uh, decision for, you know, good decision for both, for both parties concerned. Uh, and as I stated earlier, unfortunately, there's a, a lot of facilities that are not run very well, are not very nice, and um, that's going to be a big deal for, for people who will need assistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's unfortunate. Now, I you know, it, it, as you and I know, and I'm sure that our listeners out there as well, we've been hearing, um, you know, constant reports um, about nursing home facilities. We don't hear them as much. It's kind of on that, like what I talked about, like bullying. They don't report bullying a lot. And, then, and in this case, we're talking about nursing home facility abuse. And uh, it's not reported a lot, and um, some of our listeners out there may have experienced and or is now experiencing um, abuse with their loved ones that are in uh, an assistant care facility. Um, in my research, um, you guys, I came across an ABC report of nursing home abuse goes uninvestigated, and it states that this lady named Elsie Fossum, she checked herself into the Claremont Place assisted living facility in Southern California regional. And she thought she was going to be safe. She's been here for 95 years. And then she dies from injuries she got at the Panoma assisted living facility. Seven years later, her family is still waiting for answers from investigators at the California department of public health. I mean, really does it have to be this, this long? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sad part that, uh, you know, again, that our our seniors are not being respected and, and taken care of. Um, it's, it, um, you know, the only country where seniors, our older people, are not respected in most societies. Um, people who have been here a number of years, they look upon as having wisdom and upon as, as people who, who can still help people that you learn from. But unfortunately, in our society, um, it, it, it's so, it's so age conscious that, you know, I hear them talk about, you know, baseball players or athletes that, you know, 35 years old for, for an athlete, depending on the, uh, for mm-hmm. uh, the playing, be it, you know, football or something like that. But they just speak of this person as, you know, this old guy. Oh, guy, he's 35 years old. What are you talking about this? 
So, you know, we have this this uh, time thing that, you know, by the time you're this age, you're, you're no longer, you're no longer useful. And, and there should be something where right automatically if there's an unfortunate death or injury uh, of someone or the seniors in, in these homes that, that, that this is investigated within 24 hours. And so for the family to have to wait this long for, for an answer is, is really a shame. Yeah, it, it, it really is, it really is a shame. And the thing of it, in this woman's case, uh, Elsie Falsom's case, um, the, the woman who, um, the, uh, her name was Beverly McPherson and she was a former nursing director at this Claremont place and she was fired because she said that her death was not as a result of a fall as they were alleging that the nursing home was alleging. She said that mm-hmm. the lady's face looked like Muhammad Ali did a dance on it. And so they fired her, mm-hmm. um, you know, for mm-hmm. saying that. And here, you know, now this was a report that was in uh, September of 2013. We're 2015 um, and these people have yet to have gotten any type of um, answers um, to their their questions, you know, regarding mm-hmm. their loved one and and mm-hmm. what and what actually happened to her. Now, this is why mm-hmm. I'm saying that you 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 know there you know you have I'm all for investigating. Okay, let's investigate and see, but it doesn't have to take this long. I mean, it's you know bureaucracy doesn't need to be infused into the the fact of the matter that your loved one has lost their life and you want to know why. You know, it gets with the bureaucracy. It gets with, you know, too much litigation. And this is where I feel that a a good educated uh, mediator in elder care mediation, for example, um, and or a a mediator who has experience in knowing how to get through um, all of the bureaucracy and and all of the other um, uh, crap that can, um, you know, uh, possibly um, um, you know, put a case like this on the shelf, you know, or, or let's, let's, you know, let's, let's sweep it under the rug. They can, they, they can have the wherewithal to get, to get through that. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And, and again, it's really a shame that someone has waited this long, you know, for an answer to what happens to, to their loved one. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's a shame. People need answers. They, they need, they need closure. And, and they need all of that. And, and this is a sign that obviously something, uh, happened that, that shouldn't have happened. And, and it, it sounds like just a cover up. And so we just cover this up until, I don't know, the people get tired, they go away or whatever. But you know, how are they going to go away? You want an answer to your loved one, especially when your loved one, um, left this earth in that condition. And that shouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. She didn't deserve that. And um, we need to get better. We need to get better as a society and as as a people uh, at how we how we treat each other. And yes, there needs to be some something, some kind of uh, uh, organization that will go in and mediate and find the answers to these questions. Because unfortunately, uh, as I said earlier, with the condition of of, of these facilities. This is going to happen again. It is happening then and it needs to be answered to those kind of things. And then just even uh, if there's issues with um, 
how the patient is going to get in. If, if there's a, a payment issue, you know, those kind of things always pop up that I've, that I've seen. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the family is concerned about, uh, you know, how, who's going to pay Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, or it hasn't mm-hmm. been paid, you know. So, so these kind of things will need, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, people who can come in and, and assist because people are, 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 the families a lot of times are overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, they're putting their loved one in a place like that where, where they don't want them, but they may need that type of 24 hour care. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, you have the stress of that, first of all. And then for mm-hmm. things happen with their uh, not payment or who's going to pay or, you know, medication, things like that. Uh, people need someone who can come in and take that pressure off of them and assist mm-hmm. them in, in getting all those things done. Exactly. And one other point that this article made, um, well, a couple of them is that they have a high volume of, of unresolved cases in California. And uh, this this person also said, you know, as we baby boomers get older, there's more and more people that are going to be living in these types of facilities. And you've got to have decent agencies that monitor these situations. And the thing about it is, is that unfortunately in this country, we do not have decent agencies monitoring these situations because if that were the truth, it would not be such outlandish, um, um, uh, uh, re, you know, uh, cases and, and the, the facilities would be on notice of, 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 um, uh, that they need to have better care for these individuals or this or that could happen to them. You know what I mean? Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now in my research, um, um, I found that a person may also semi-retire for reducing work hours. Now, many people choose to retire when they are eligible um, for private or public pension benefits, although some are forced to retire when uh, physical conditions no longer allow the person to work any longer by illness or accident. Okay, this is what Ask.com was saying. And that is what we are talking about this morning. Those who cannot work because of physical conditions and end up in nursing facilities, for example. Now, a lot of nursing facilities are getting bad press about the manner of neglect to those that they are supposed to be taking care of, Reginald. And I'm taking note of the increase of elder care mediation certificate programs being introduced. And I bet it has a lot to do with the combo of the increase of baby boomers who are forced to retire because of health issues, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and also in, uh, and also in correlation to what we just spoke about, about the neglect of the nursing care facility and that people need someone to help them to resolve these issues, uh, more, um, you know, you know, cost effectively and more efficiently. You know, what do you think about that, Reginald? Oh, ab- absolutely. And, um, you know, as you were talking, I was just looking at an, an article here on USA Today from, I think this was Wednesday, Wednesday of, of this week. And, and it talked about how uh, baby booms, uh, how 50% of seniors account for nearly half of, of, of Medicare spending. Um, mm. So, and also uh, the other article says baby boom will baby boom will test will test the system. Um, so, so there needs to be some type of of, of regulation of uh, 
Uh Uh, needs to be someone who can come in and make sure, and I'm sure the government will say, oh, well, we have these things. We have these things, people in in, in place who come in and and regulate uh, the the, uh, the, uh, houses and things like that. Well, if that's the case, why is it the way that it is? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then they need to do a better job at it, uh, you know, because, again, there's so many times I've seen where um, families have been frustrated with um, who's going to pay what, the cost of this, uh, the condition of their of their uh, loved one that's in that facility. Um, if that person wants to not leave the facility, what do they do? Uh, you know, so those, those numbers, they, I may not be asking, Now, the the thing the thing is is that you know it is you know as I said before I'm very much an an advocate for children for people in general but in particularly for children and the elderly okay because they seem to not have a voice and they seem and and in this country they seem to be like shoved under the rug. You know, with, you know, with this, this, you know, all of this going on with the nursing home neglect. And I mean, I know so many people who, um, uh, are complaining about, you know, uh, my mother has bed sores, you know, because they're not turning her, uh, to the, to the point of they're over medicating her to the point where they're not giving her her medications. I mean, it's ridiculous. Now, medic, uh, mediate.com states that. Another common conflict in elder mediation involves cases in which two or more, two or more, um, uh, 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 two or more of the children cannot reach consensus about decisions regarding their father or mother, for example. I feel this would be a good situation for a professional mediator to intervene and help them to sort the matter out. Um, um, you know, don't you think, Reginald? I, I think so too, and this goes again to, to what I was saying before that when people um, have their loved ones uh, in in these facilities, and and it, it it's difficult already to have your loved one in that facility, and then to have all of the uh, paperwork that has to be looked over um, for payment and you know all of these things, people need uh, this assistance. And usually mm-hmm. someone in that situation, they'll go to an attorney. And when they go to the attorney, now they're being charged, you know, this certain amount of money, which a lot of people don't have. So which this causes stress, more stress for the family. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there, there, there needs to be something like what you were saying, you know, mediation where, where uh, someone will come in, sit with the family, have the paperwork, explain uh, what needs to be done with the family, what paperwork needs to be signed off, things like that. Someone that will sit down at the kitchen table, so to speak, speak with the family in plain English of what mm-hmm. needs to be done or what hasn't been done and what can mm-hmm. be done in a situation of flat. Exactly. And where that the individuals, as you are stating, that it's in, um, that they're talking to them in a manner where they will fully understand, um, 
not with a bunch of legal jargon, um, show, show passion and compassion and empathy, um, for what it is that they're going through and, um, you know, wanting to be able to sincerely help them, um, get paid for their, paid for their services, but not where it's going to cause an additional financial, uh, strain on them as you have, uh, you know, stated so eloquently, um, you know, in your, in your speech earlier. Now we're going to take a break and, uh, we're going to continue our talk on, on nursing home facilities and please come back with us. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keyes. Give me a call at 480-283-7270. Or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning with me and my guest, Reginald C. Campbell. My therapist brother is what I am calling him now. I'm very proud of him. Now, I want to continue um, our talk, um, uh, uh, listening audience, and um, there's another um, article that I got off of uh, Mediate.com, and they were talking about, Reginald, that among disputes that involve family members, there's three common issues, you know, regarding, you know, their loved ones. They are financial matters, as you spoke, you know, briefly about living arrangements and medical decision making. Now, they say that quite often an elderly uh, person's children or even grandchildren may feel that they have the right to make decisions for the elder. In some cases, they may be that may be a good practice. In some cases, since some elders suffer from degenerative diseases that cause serious impacts to their critical thinking capacity. However, Brother, in other situations, the elder may know what's best for him or her and be able and, and be able to, um, uh, you know, to, to make sure that they have what it is that they, that they want for themselves. And, and it said, and they may be unable to persuade their children, you know, of this fact. So this is another scenario where I feel that a professional mediator would be absolutely fantastic in, in showing the, and I'm sorry, not showing, but in guiding, you know, the, the, um, the, the you know, the dispute into an, an amicable resolution for their loved one. What do you think about that? Well, I, I, I agree. And, um, um, you know, you take a person who has worked all their life and they've been making decisions on their own and, uh, and just because they're in a, a, in a situation where now they, they may have to uh, live in a, in a nursing home and things like that, they should uh, still be involved in the decision making, uh, if that person is, uh, is mentally incapable, uh, 
um, you know, power of attorney can be um, given to uh, the family or or a certain member in in the family, and and, and that's fine. But if that person is is able to, um, you know, reason have have all of their uh, faculties about them, they they should be involved in that decision making because it's their life. And then it gives them, it makes them feel, it makes the, the client, the person feel that, you know what, I'm still involved in what is happening to me or what happens to me uh, after I, I transition from this earth. So, so you know, they definitely should and need to be involved in those decision-making things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I've also known cases originally, and I'm sure that you have too in my listening, um, audience out there, um, that, you know, uh, just because of, uh, in, in some cases you have children, um, that, you know, as you said, that a person has worked hard all their life and they have built a good foundation that they were able to afford their, uh, themselves and their family a fantastic life. All the children went to college, you know, they helped their, their children. In some cases, you know, they've given their kids down payment on houses, bought them houses, cars or whatever. And now yeah. they, they're, they're looking also with greed in their eyes and in their hearts and, and saying, okay, now you're, you're 65 years, which is young. But, you know, they're they're yeah. on the whole mindset yeah. of, you know, let me take what mom and dad has has has, has uh, worked hard all their life. And then I don't have to do uh, it. I could mm-hmm. just take what it is because uh, far too often they think that is their right to have that is their inheritance. Right. And that's something that you and I right. talked about this. We're kind of getting off of the subject of elder mediation, but um uh, you and I talked about that. You've worked hard all your life for this. What makes you think that you are privy to anything that you or I or someone else went out and worked hard for? You know, you're, you're, you're you know, it's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think that is right. And I have seen people get into big, you know, dog fights over this. You know, of you know, no, I want this, and I and I want to take this, and and uh, you're not thinking correctly, and you know, it's 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 just it's. It it could be a sad situation, you know. And so, but Reginald, in cases, but you know what, Reginald, in cases where the parent is of solid mind for making mm-hmm. decisions of what they want mm-hmm. and where they want to live, you know, mm-hmm. I, I say that the children should just butt out, perhaps viewing from the sidelines, let's say, and let mm-hmm. their parents do their thing. I mean, just because a, a person is ill doesn't necessarily mean they are not of sound mind. You know, absolutely, absolutely, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and as we're talking about this, I, I'm thinking also how um, a mediator should, should be uh, very part in the person setting up their will, uh, because now uh, you know there there was a time when you know your attorney set up your will and things like this, and you know there are some things now where people can set up their own will, and mm-hmm. Uh, a mediator could be definitely integral in in that part of of the situation which you were just talking about, and mm-hmm. uh, straight over to setting up their will. So when they you know transition from this world, that everything is is set up the way they want it to be, not how the children want it, how they're because you and I know how they're wrapped and swayed to the point, 
after mom or dad, you know, have left the earth, and now everyone is fighting over things, and now they're not talking anymore because of this or that, or, you know, they have that one or two or three greedy uh, siblings, unfortunately. And so mm-hmm. by having uh, their will set up uh, by a mediator, that, you know, everything is said and done, and this is how it is, this is how it's going to be, end of story. Mm-hmm. And then in, in a lot of cases on, on that, and then we're going to jump right back into our topic in a lot of cases like that. And, um, where we had, we had talked about, for example, um, James Brown and, um, mm-hmm. and, and where his family, he had a will and where his family was contesting the will. I mean, it's just totally ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. um, what, what they, what they fail to realize is that you know, this could possibly be them in a short amount of time or something, you know, and what, is this something mm-hmm. that, that they would like to have happen, you know? Um, but, um, um, but, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it, it, it doesn't have to be like, like that, you know, for me. And the, and the thing that is really bad and disgusting is the matter in how these nursing homes, um, are being, are being ran now. Now the thing about it, is Reginald is that elder law answer says that no one wants to live in a nursing home. I mean, come on now, really, if you had your druthers, would you really want to be in a nursing home? You want to be able to do and be in around your own things. You know, they Mm -hmm. serve as institutions of a last resort. I agree with that. When it's impossible to provide the necessary care in any other setting. And typically, the search takes place under the gun when a hospital or rehabilitation center is threatening discharge or it's no longer possible for the loved one to live at home. Okay. Finally, in most cases, this article says, finding the right nursing home is a a once-in-a-lifetime task, one you're taking on without the experience of having done it before. I mean, one would need to check for validity of the nursing home, Reginald, and its mm-hmm. owners, its, its attendee, mm-hmm. location. You know, that is a mm-hmm. task within itself, Reginald. You know what I mean? Right. And and it's true. A lot of times when people are transitioned to nursing homes, it's, it's a last resort. Right? A hospital is saying, okay, you need to be out of here. You know, we're no longer going to pay for this. Your insurance is not going to pay for this. You know, so, so, so if the hospital is not getting paid, they want the patient out. And, and that's, a, that's another topic, uh, maybe for another yeah. day. Uh, exactly. Being done. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but you're right. And now the, now the family is under the gun, so to speak, of where do we put this person? Where do we put our loved ones who need this work? And you're right. No one wants to live in a nursing home. But if a person has to, uh, you know, have certain medical care that can't be done at home. Uh, you know, they're under the gun to find this, this facility. And usually the facilities that they end up going to are not very well. They're, 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 they're not very well run. Uh, they're mm-hmm. not, you know, the employees are, uh, are not the best employees. Uh, so, you know, and, and unfortunately again, the, the patients are not being taken care of. Um, because people want their loved ones, and, and they want people who will care about their loved ones the way you would if they were at home. 
Exactly. And I don't think that's asking too much. I don't think that's asking too much if someone went to the hospital because of a because of a car accident. You would expect the personnel, the nurse, doctors, or whatever, that you would treat your loved one the way they would want their loved ones to be treated. Exactly. And, and I don't exactly. think that's asking too much uh, for these nursing homes to uh, to do. But unfortunately, again, unfortunately, that is not happening, and something needs to be and should be done about it. Exactly. And I mean, it needs, and something needs and should be done about it, like more sooner than later. Uh, because as, as I said before, and I mentioned it twice, and I'm going to mention it a third time, that four million, uh, baby boomers are no longer in the everyday workplace. I don't like that word retire. I'm going to say no longer in the everyday mm-hmm. workplace. A good mm-hmm. amount of them are going on to do other things. As I said, remarrying their loved ones, uh, completing right. their college degrees and or getting another degree. Um, a huge number of us are, a huge number of us are, um, um, you know, opening up businesses, as I have cited that right. on earlier programs, that people that are been here for 50, 60 years, we are the largest number of individuals opening up businesses, not the ones that's uh, 20 and 30 years old. OK, now um, in my in, you know, in my research, um, um, I, you know, trying to get all this in because we always run out of time in my research. Um, I would like to give out two sites that I came across that can possibly be helpful for those who are out there um, are looking for a nursing home and or um, your loved one is in a nursing home and maybe you want to transition them out of a nursing home. Um, there is a site called Nursing Home Compare, which gives nursing home c- comparable charges. And there's another one called Care Scout which performs objective, accurate, and timely benefit eligible assessments to help long-term care insurance carriers make the right eligibility decisions. Because as we know, it's, you know, it gets down to the financial part of it, which segues me into that a lot of people open up nursing homes because they're not, it's not that they have a passion for taking care of individuals. It's all about money and that, and that's unfortunate. You know, but but you know, that's the way it is, Reginald. You know, and yeah. and as I said, yeah. it's not right, but that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this one company, and, and I can't think of think of their name. This was a couple of years ago, and um, they had uh, bought two or three, uh, you know, different facilities like that, and and the main company there, their interest was not. Uh, healthcare or nursing homes or anything like that. And it was simply, um, because it was a moneymaker. And in this particular situation, there were people being abused, people being neglected and things like that. And again, mm-hmm. it's because their, their main interest was not to take care of people because they cared about people that, you know, this organization had a compassion for people. It was their compassion was making money. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with making money. That's a but whole nother other topic. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh-huh. you know, if you're going to do this, you if it is we we are our brother's keeper. 
regardless of the people. We are our brother's keeper, and as you always say, we are connected. We mm-hmm. are connected, and somehow, whatever you do negatively or whatever you do positively is going to have a negative or positive effect on you and or your family. Mm-hmm. And this country, we really need to get it together when it comes to the care of our seniors and disabled people. Exactly. Because what this is how I describe it, Reginald, that you that you neglect our future and throw away mm-hmm. our wisdom. OK, mm-hmm. you Very neglect well our future and you throw away our wisdom. Our wisdom is the elderly population. This is these are individuals that can teach us if we are open to it a whole lot. All right. Because, as I said, none of us have arrived. All right. None of us are up there drinking uh, green tea and eating edamame with God. OK, we're down here on Earth. All right. And this is a huge learning institution. Trust me. OK. Now, I want to go on to a report. That was made by a David Roop or David Rupi of um, ABC News in July 30th. Now he talks about the reports of serious physical, sexual, and verbal abuse are numerous around the nation's nursing homes, or according to a congressional report released. He says that the common problems included untreated bed sores, inadequate medical care, malnutrition, dehydration, preventable accidents and inadequate sanitation and hygiene. Now, um, um, you know, many of, many of the abuse violations cause harm to the residents, the report said, and that over 1,600 cases, um, uh, over 1,600 cases, the abuse violations were serious enough to cause actual harm to residents or to place the residents in immediate jeopardy or even death, brother, and serious injury. I mean, it's, come on now. The, 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 um, uh, the special wow. investigations division, here we go with that, you know, investigations division. We got about five minutes, brother. Special oh, div- investigations division said that they find that 30% of nursing homes in the United States, which is 5,283 facilities, were cited for almost 9,000 instances wow. of abuse over a recent two-year period, just wow. from 1999 to 2001. What the heck? Wow. I mean, come on, wow. brother. That's And that's mm-hmm. reports that those, those are things that have gotten reported. Right, right. These are the things that have not been reported. Mm-hmm. You know, how much and how long it's gone before even these things were reported and what has happened since this report and what is happening right now with abuse and neglect as we speak. So it's a, it's a, it's a whole whirlwind, a tornado of stuff that's swirling around, going around. And who's doing something about it? What do we say? Now that we know, now that we know that this is happening, now what do we do about it? Do we just sit exactly. back? Do we not do anything? You know, something, something needs to be, needs to be done about this. And this is where, um, government needs to step in. Government regulations need to step in. I know it's popular to say, oh, we need government. Well, no, we need government for these things. That's what government 
seniors or, or disabled people who are in these facilities that they're taking care of, that they're well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. taken care of. The key Take- word being well taken care of. Well taken care of, yeah. And now I would like to also... Um, you know, throw in once again about Care Scout, that's C-A-R-E-S-O-U-T. And what they do is that they rate these nursing home providers. So, you know, um, and there is a, a, a fee for if you want a detailed, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, rating of these, of, of these nursing homes. But however, you know, it's, you know, we really need to do our due diligence for all of us out there who, uh, could be looking for a nursing home facility for, um, our loved ones and or, um, you know, maybe yourself or whatever and you want to move your loved one from a nursing home. You know, we really need to, to, uh, to, to get references. We need to deal, you know, check the certifying agencies, you know, tour the nursing home and talk mm-hmm. to the nursing home administrators, the nursing staff. And, and you know, a lot of mm-hmm. times, Reginald, these things are done, and yet still right. there are reports that, you know, oh, okay, so that was just cosmetic. When I when I came mm-hmm. in there and I talked with your staff, you know, mm-hmm. um, they, they seemed to be this. You know, I saw that and I see this. You know, I thought it was going to be good for, you know, my mom and mm-hmm. dad. And only to come to find out that, you know, is 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 not, you know. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they put them put them some, some cosmetic things up there to to make things look good and and have the meet the facilitator or supervisor whatever who you know had their their script and and they, he or she said all these wonderful things, but uh, you know the family has to be able to look beyond that. And again, I think that's where a mediator could even come in to 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 do that, especially when the family is under stress and under duress. You know that mm-hmm. a loved one has to be moved out of the hospital within two or three days. You know, uh, having a mediator do that and, and look into the facility and ask certain questions that the family would would need to know. Um, that would be a wonderful thing for a facilitator to do. Exactly. Exactly. And as I said, it's going to be more and more of this as more and more um, of, um, you know, what the stats are saying about um, baby boomers. And I'm not talking about us that are, have, are gone on and we're still doing what we want to do. I'm talking about um, the, the, the segment of that population that is, um, you know, needing, um, you know, um, you know, uh, health, you know, needing care in, in a facility such as what I just what I just talked about. Well, Reginald, I'm going to say that I have about a minute and a half. <clears throat> and um, I thank you for being on my show as usual. And I'm looking forward to many more talks with you. And um, and I want to close our show that although we talked about a lot of things here and I'm going to close my show with saying that, um, you know, be sure that, uh, if you're looking for a, a, a mediator, a professional mediator for your case, just like anything else, do your due diligence. If you need a mediator, give me a call, 480-283-7270, um, to help you, uh, guide through your disputes and come to an amicable resolution. And I would like to 
Um, I'll close it with a story about a terminally ill Floridian couple that fell in love and they married in a hospice care. This was uh, Debbie Rivers, who's 54, and John Whaley, who's 58, who both suffer from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And um, and uh, Mr. Whaley um, was a triple amputee, and he also had been diagnosed with stage 3 lung cancer. So this is what I'm saying. Never, 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 never close the door on love. I wish you all the absolute best. Reginald, thank you so much. You know, I truly love you from um, your head to your feet. Um, you have an absolutely great day. All of you out there have a great day. Be kind to yourself and one another. This is Teresa E. Keeves. I will be talking to you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.